You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAD. How are you doing today? Good. I'm doing great. How are you, Dr. Gray? I am wonderful. What can I help you with? All right. I think uh, we can start in multiple places. Um, I think the easiest one is to start off like sort of my GPA. I've been very insecure about it for a long time. I run a lot of pre-help orgs and stuff, and it's always a, it's always an insecurity for me to like talk about my GPA. So if we could, I get start with that, and like you just let me know like what you think. If you are, I'm planning on applying this cycle. Uh, that'll be my goal. Uh, I'm taking currently, I think, ten science units this semester, and then I'm planning on taking anywhere from fourteen to sixteen. Just depends on how this semester goes. Next semester uh, to apply in fall. So if you, I don't know if you want me to just like rattle them off. Yeah, go uh, ahead. All right. So my freshman year, I took. 16 science units. Those are my Gen Bio, Gen Chems, and I got a 2.08. Okay. Uh, so not amazing. Uh, and then my sophomore year, so last year, I took 28 science units at a 3.52. And then Great. this semester, or this, or last year, and then this year, um, I'm hopefully hoping to get a B plus in the science class I'm taking right now. And if I do 14 units next semester, that'll put me at a 3.9. But okay. if I get a B, which is more likely, then it'll be around a 3.87 at 30, anywhere from 30 to uh, <laughs> Do you, you know, there's there's really no year. difference between a 387 and a 39, yeah, right? <laughs> okay. There really is yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're the classic example of a fantastic upward trend. You struggled early and then figured it out. I've, I've no issues with your GPA. Just continue that trend. All right. That's really good to hear. I mean, honestly, I've been like really, really insecure about it. And like, I just didn't know if it was going to be good enough or not. But yeah, hopefully if I can finish out this semester next year, next semester, I'm also working full time right now. So I don't know if that's like a factor they would take into consideration. Potentially. Yeah. Because it's not like, I mean, I don't know if like I should explain why I would have to work full time or if they would just assume that like just working full time, just taking classes, just figuring it out. Yeah. I, I don't think you need to explain it anywhere other than potentially if it asks whether or not. Uh, you work. So there, there is one secondary that I know of that specifically asks, like, have you had to work at all during your, your studies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I applied for like a year for ER tech jobs. And I just could not get anywhere. I finally got one at uh, the children's hospital near me, uh, which sort of leads into like my, the next section of my questions, but in terms yeah. of pediatrics and three-year med schools and also the NHSC, I think that's the acronym scholarship. National Health uh, Service so, Corps. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. I mean, I started working on my children's hospital. I shadowed internal medicine. I shadowed peds ortho. Realized the OR was just not for me. And adult medicine, like I love the consultation stuff, but just working at, working with children is just so much better than working with adults, at least in my opinion. And okay. I feel like I've, I mean, I'm working full time as an ER tech in the emergency department with very much like very very hands on clinical care more than I ever expected to get. Uh, so and I just know that like pediatrics is most likely where I want to be. I just want to like kind of how I could prove that to the med school admissions committees for like three med schools or, and if uh, the scholarships that I should bring up in any of my secondaries or anything, doesn't actually leave out. Ask that again. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how you're tying together those two things. Yeah. uh, Well, like if obviously there's three year medical schools that lead directly into a pediatric residency. Um, So like, how would I, like, what, what are the sort of the components that those schools are looking for in terms of like me proving my, obviously for medical school, it's like, as you talked about having good grades, MCAT, clinical experience, all that kind of stuff. That's how I prove myself that I'm ready. How would I, like, how does that process differ for like, what are they looking for in terms of that? Interesting. Okay. So I, I don't know is the answer, which is not an answer I give very often, right? If you look at schools like NYU has a bunch of three-year direct programs into a bunch of different residency programs, as far as I know, 
you're applying to the medical school, period. And then once you're in, you basically go, oh, by the way, I'm really interested in this direct pathway program into this residency program. And then it's whatever process they have on the back end. Because basically what you're doing is you're getting into the medical school and then you're kind of basically applying for residency almost immediately after or whatever that process is. I don't think for, unless there there are schools out there that are different, I don't think the upfront process for you is any different than anyone else applying to medical school. You're still going through the normal application services. You're still doing all the the normal stuff. And then once accepted, you kind of raise your hand and go, I'm interested in this other program. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I think there's uh, there's a couple that was like I think there's there's one in Ohio and I think Medical College of Wisconsin. Those ones have like it's like it's it's a secondary that you pretty much just ask for while you it's another secondary that you do on top yeah. of it. So like I'm planning on like obviously talking about experiences working at the Children's Hospital. I'm mm-hmm. planning on hopefully getting a letter of recommendation with the attendings in emergency in the yeah. pediatric emergency medicine department. Uh, do you think that's enough, or is there anything else that I need to do? I mean, I'm hoping to find a general pediatrician to shadow as well, just so I can, yeah, uh, like because that's um, that's a residency. It's not pediatric emergency; it's general peds. So. Yeah, I, I think that's great. I think uh, you obviously have the experiences uh, to back up what you're saying, so I think you're you're on the right track. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, in terms of so obviously, like, I, I it's probably like a pre-med office hours or some some one of the pieces of content that you produce. Uh, I heard you talking about sort of. Not the MCAT exactly making up for the GPA, but just showing a different competency that could help um, overcome like lower GPAs or like. You you don't have a lower GPA. I would not worry about your GPA. One one extra thought. Okay. Really. Yeah. Okay. Right. right. Your your Um, GPA when all is said and done, you're going to apply next cycle, right? In 2024, you have this semester that you're in now. You have one more semester. You're going to get those grades back. Hopefully they're three eight three nine four zero range where you're at now. You're gonna have uh, you're a junior now. Junior, yeah. And you'll be graduating next year, or no? No, no, no. You'll be yeah. graduating at the end of next year. Yep. End so of applying straight through. No, trying not to gap year. Yeah, got it. So you'll have um, one year of not great grades and two years of really great grades. Uh, you're going to be fine. Your your GPA when you apply is going to be, I don't know, three, four, three, five, uh, potentially. I, I Just rough math off the top of my head. But your upward trend is going to be 3. fantastic. 3.35, I think, is the cumulative science that okay. I got. Yeah. Yeah. So nothing to worry about. I, I wouldn't worry. You're not going to be able to explain much unless uh, – Again, there are specific secondaries that will ask, like, hey, if you got less than a B in a class or whatever they ask, then explain there. Outside of that, let let your trend speak for itself. Gotcha. They're, they're going to look at your transcript and they're go, oh, someone who struggled beginning in, beginning in college. You're not the first. You won't be the last. Gotcha. But, but gotcha. what yeah, you that, did that. do was you turned it around. Yeah, tried my best. Still trying my best. Uh, I, so... The beginning before I started college, I actually had a car accident, and that's like and that moved on the second day of class, which led to my struggles. That's like a other impactful experience that you say would be recomm- would be like worth talking about, or is that should I just leave that on my application? It's it's up to you. I okay. I can't tell you what's impact an impactful experience for you. Only uh-huh. you can answer that. So if you think it gives context to your application, which is the goal of that other impactful experiences essay on the AMCAS, go for it. 
Gotcha. Sounds good. And then in that essay, I should just, just let the experience speak for itself and not tie it back to like, this is why I had bad grades, right? Just potentially, you, you could potentially tie it back. Yeah. Okay. Again, your the other impactful experiences essay is there to give context to the rest of your application. And so if you're mentioning it to talk about why you struggle with some grades, that's a great spot for it. Gotcha. Perfect. Perfect. Um, now to sort of pivot over to letters of recommendation, I'm using my OLRs and I had one of my professors upload a letter of recommendation on uh, April 18th, 2023, but I'm planning on applying in 2024. Do I need to re-upload that letter or it passed the QA, it passed everything. Yeah. So my LORs, just context for someone listening, is our letter of recommendation platform that we have built into Mapped. Um, uh, so your letter writer uploaded it. We review it, make sure it's on letterhead and signature and date and all that good stuff. Um, ideally, the there's no rule around this, but the ideal... Um, uh, kind of use case with letters of recommendations is that, is that they're dated the year that you apply. So um, I would probably go back to that letter writer and say, hey, I would love for you to to re-upload a letter um, with a new date. Maybe here's a couple extra things I've been doing, whatever kind of updates you you may want them to mention. I'm hoping that he dated it in 2024. That's why I asked him in the email and he just replied back to me said all done so okay. i'm not sure if you actually did or not but okay it passed the qa pass i don't know if the qa pass was like if it was <laughs> for the next year yeah or that that's got it so uh i'll double check when when we're uh when we stop recording okay perfect thank you so much really yeah. appreciate it because that's been like it's just been a little i don't know i just in the back of my head i'm like i he said it was done but i don't know for <laughs> sure so yep. yeah awesome awesome how, um, how was the my lors process for you I love it. I, mean, I was one of the beta testers. I loved nice. it back then. I knew that QA, that QA pass is amazing. Like it just takes a huge stress off my head, especially like interfolio and stuff like that. Don't do anything. So this one that's I put in there and then QA pass and then that little green circle just makes <laughs> my life so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> it takes takes a little stress away. Oh yeah, hundred percent. hundred percent. Perfect. Um I think that's all the questions that I had. I mean, I, I've started like brainstorming our personal statement. Okay. So in terms of my MCAT timeline, yeah. I studied like for about six weeks in, in the summer. Um, and then I was studying abroad at Oxford and then I just could not get any studying done just because the class was pretty intense and I wanted to like sort of enjoy my experience. And I came back, wasn't in the best spot. So I was going to do it this semester, but I'm working full time, taking classes full time, wasn't yeah. getting studying done, but this is actually something I want to ask you about. I'm planning on dropping my research lab next semester so I can focus that time for okay. studying on the first spending to study on the MCAT. Mm -hmm. Is that a red flag for like consistency and recency? I've done a lot with my research lab already and I feel like I've gotten a good amount out of it. It's not like, you yeah. know, I'm trying to be a physician, not a researcher. So like research, like I do it, I enjoy it somewhat, but it's not like I don't That's enjoy fine. it as much in my clinical experience. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Uh, yeah, I would I would recommend just uh, go to Blueprint MCAT uh, if you haven't yet, create that free account and use their study planner tool to kind of figure out because you have so much going on, just look at your schedule, what that looks like. Gotcha. Perfect. So I'm planning on starting over winter break, hopefully taking in March 9th. So I've started my personal statement right now. Um, I, I is like, obviously you've talked a little bit about like the seed and all that kind of stuff. So sort of my seed for the personal statement is I guess a precursor to the seed is just being an older brother. I've always like taken care of someone my whole life. Like the, ever since I was five years old, there has been someone else that I've had to take care of and someone else's needs that have to like often put in front of my own. That's sort of been like my passion in terms of life and like what I, what I do in my career and everything that I do in my life is just taking care of another person and or other people. Um, is that like a good place 
to start off the personal statement uh, and then lead into a more healthcare type seed? Or is that like not a seed that you would want it to be? Yeah, I, I don't I don't consider that a seed. Um, for me, seed is your first exposure to healthcare um, that helps you understand that there's this whole world of caretakers out there, specifically yeah. in the medical field, um, that made you want to go explore healthcare. And so mm-hmm. for me, it wouldn't be, oh, I'm a big brother because that, that doesn't mean I'm a big brother. Therefore I should be a doctor, right? There's, there's no connection no, there. Not. Yeah. But even just as like my sort of hook to like bring the reader in and be like caring for people is what I've always done. No, no, it, that. because that's cliche. Okay. Right. Perfect. Being a doctor is being a caretaker. I've been a caretaker. Like that's just, it's cliche. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So the seeds should just start off with my first exposure to healthcare. That's what I recommend. Now, do you have to do that? No. <laughs> That's just my recommendation that I write about in my book, The Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the Medical School Personal Statement. <laughs> Backed by experience recommendation. So, <laughs> Yeah, okay. Sounds good. Yeah, that was just something I was like, in the back of my head, I thought I might be like, I'm very much a big writer. Like I managed to blog in my school and everything. So that's great. My hook, but that completely makes sense. So yeah, sounds good. Um, I think that's... That's all the questions I wrote down. I'm just trying yeah. to see if there's anything in my head that I would want to talk about. That's all right. Uh, so in my activity description for my children's hospital job, is that somewhere where I should mention my, uh, oh yeah, the, I forgot the whole second part of my question, the health service scholarship. Is that something I should talk about anywhere in my secondaries or just nope. that out? I think in my, well, the one reason I was thinking about it was because Northwestern, for example, I went to one of their info sessions and they were talking about how they placed like their first and second year med students in federally qualified health centers mm-hmm. from like day one, which is like where uh, health, the National Health Service Scholarship, like physicians work uh, after for their yep. service after their residency. So should, should that be a tie and I should mention that secondary or just leave it out? P- potentially for that one school, if there's a specific question that you think would work there, other than that. Um, your interest in, in the National Health Service uh, core scholarship is is irrelevant to the medical school. It, it comes up whether it's the NHSC or the HPSP scholarship. Uh, those those programs are not related to the school at all. The school doesn't really care. And and actually, I, I talk sometimes talking about HPSP may actually hurt you potentially because. If a school's primary job is to serve the state and you're like, hey, I'm going to be joining the military and shipping off to wherever, the school's going to be like, well, you're not going to serve our purpose of working in the state. So it may actually come back to hurt you. Gotcha. Gotcha. So even I guess HPSB, there's not really that that's specific mission fit, but I guess for NHSC there, I mean, some of them have like a very like primary care fish or like primary care focused or very much like we want to serve the community. Would that be somewhere I should tie that in or do you just not think it's worth tying in unless it's like, that yeah, very, example. I, again, I, I don't think, um, I, I don't think it's useful. Number one, because it's something that you're interested in. It's not something that you're doing. Right. You have to apply for the NHSC scholarship. You have to be accepted into it. And so at the end of the day, it's all theoretical. Uh, it's all it's all words um, that don't really mean anything. And so I, I think you talk about the mission that you want to serve without specifically talking about NHSC. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's makes my sense. recommendation. Then, mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Because I've also been thinking about that, like maybe med schools would not be like 
if they like that's a piece of information that they don't need, especially when it comes to, like scholarship decisions or anything like that later on. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, if I have a couple like so, obviously, I in terms of my volunteering experiences, like community service wise, I like run a nonprofit that teaches nutrition to elementary school kids, but that's more management, not direct volunteering. So I've been trying to like get more involved in the community with like little volunteering things here and there. Is that fine to just put that all under like one activity with like sure. general volunteering things that I do here and there? Yeah. Yeah, you can combine that kind of stuff. Okay. I also had, so I served as a counselor at a Muslim youth camp. So I'm Muslim, so I like serving my Muslim community. So I was serving at a Muslim youth camp. Um, and like, obviously there were my camp responsibilities that were part of that experience. But I also, because I'm an EMT and I was like the highest trained person in the entire camp. Uh, I event like during the night, all the camp, like medical staff leave. So it was just us. Mm-hmm. I had a couple kids get hurt and I was like, everyone was just like looking at me and I was like okay I guess I gotta step in now and that was like a really formative experience for me and I was like I can I can see myself doing this for the rest of my life mm-hmm. is that something I should mention in the activity or should I focus more on my camp counselor responsibilities or half and half or whatever's most impactful for me yeah I, I think whatever's most impactful I think you can you can do whatever you want there I, I have a button on my my little soundboard here when it comes to extracurricular activity descriptions there are no rules <laughs> there, there are no rules when it comes to that just show show your impact uh highlight what you want to highlight and and go from there mm-hmm. perfect gotcha um so in terms of activities i you can probably tell I just do a lot with my time and I just can't sit still. So there's 15 activities on the activities list. Mm-hmm. One of those activities is one of my somewhat clinical experiences. I worked at a COVID testing center for three months before I got laid off just because they were overpaying us way too much and they ran out of money because no one, everyone stopped testing for COVID. <laughs> uh, so that helped me get into my children's hospital job. Is that, if that wasn't super impactful to me, can I just leave it off and put something more impactful on there? Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the whole goal with those 15 activities is you're not going to highlight every single thing that you've done in your life. You're going to highlight the 15 that you want to highlight. Gotcha. Perfect. Yeah. Cause I absolutely did nothing. Just sat there, did my homework every now and then someone would come in yeah. and swap their nose. I mean, just, just think about, life. think about, um, right. Uh, 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 an Instagram feed, right? We highlight the parts of our life we want to highlight. I'm not highlighting in the morning when I'm doing like my my morning bathroom routine, right? That That's not going on Instagram because that's not something I need to highlight. <laughs> Just like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, yeah. So also like I have uh, I have a hobby that I really want to highlight that I'm really passionate about. And I was just thinking like this is clinical, that's a hobby, but I yeah. really I do a lot more with my hobby than I ever did at that code testing center. So yep. Okay. Sounds good. Um just trying to think. I think I pretty much covered everything. Yeah. I'm hoping. Well, good luck. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med QA. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group. 